Let's bow our heads for prayer. Lord God, Heavenly Father, on this day we give you thanks for the nation in which we live, for those who serve her in our armed forces, for those who give their lives to protect on the streets, for those who serve in public office, and for those who live across this land, we give you thanks. We give you thanks for the freedoms, for the responsibilities, and for the honor. And we ask, O oh Lord, that you would be with our nation and guide her back to the truth and to the solid foundation of your word. We pray for your grace to shine from sea to shining sea. Be with us this day, in Jesus' name, amen. The challenge for us as Christians is to live our faith in such a way that we influence our nation. Unfortunately, and we all know this to be the truth, our nation has drifted slowly away from the authority and the foundation of God's word. Is that of its own doing? No, we know that the devil is always at work trying to pull people away from the faith, trying to diminish the impact of, of the church and of the gospel and of, of Christians. And partly it's on our shoulders as we have failed to engage the world as, as Christians across this land for so many years. In our epistle lesson today, Paul talks about a thorn in the flesh. And I know that people throughout the years have tried to, in some way, shape, or form, tried to figure out what this thorn in the flesh is, some physical ailment perhaps. And yet Paul tells us exactly what it is. And I'm not sure why people don't see this. So to keep me from becoming conceited because of the surpassing greatness of the revelations, a thorn was given me in the flesh. What thorn? A messenger of Satan to harass me. You see, Paul is being very effective in sharing the gospel in all of his missionary journeys, and the devil doesn't like that, and so a messenger of Satan has been there to afflict and to, to cause problems for Paul all along the way. And if we listed them all out, we know what Paul suffered. He suffered stonings and imprisonments and mocking and had to appear before, uh, in, in, in today's terms, town councils and mayors and authorities and even religious leaders 
And it says, three times I pleaded with the Lord about this, that it should leave me. But God said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for my strength is made perfect in your weakness. And so Paul says, Therefore I will boast all the more gladly of my weaknesses, so that the power of Jesus Christ may rest upon me. Now, we often think about this power of Jesus Christ resting upon us as the ability to do all sorts of miraculous or incredible things and certainly Paul was able to do some of those things I mean you know we hear the story of where Paul was preaching and someone was sitting in the window and Paul must have been extremely long-winded preaching on and on and on because it says the man fell asleep and fell out of the window and down a couple of stories and died let that be a lesson to all of you not to sit somewhere risky while I'm preaching what did Paul do? He went out and raised the man to life. That's power. And certainly the miraculous things happen with the apostles. We see that where the lame man walks with Peter. But in this particular text, it's not the kind of power that, that Paul is really talking about here. He reminds us that we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. What does that all thing refer to? He reminds us that if we dwell in the gospel, we have the power of God. And Romans reminds us that it's the power of God unto salvation for all who believe. The gospel words have that kind of power to heal those who are spiritually dead and to bring them alive in Christ. But you see, the power that Paul is boasting about is something that we, I think, in today's world, especially with the things that are going on in our nation, is something that we need to focus on and, and to understand. In the last verse of our epistle reading, he talks about for the sake of Christ. For the sake of Christ, I am content with weaknesses, insults, hardships, persecutions, calamities when I'm weak then I'm strong for the sake of Christ I am content have you ever thought about it that way when things are not going right in your life perhaps when you've tried to share your faith in some way or maybe you're bearing the brunt of being a Christian and somehow the world just keeps coming at you would we describe our situations being content how can Paul be content 
when he's being beaten and stoned and ridiculed and put before the rulers? How can Paul be content when he's tossed out of a town? All because he is preaching the name of Jesus. You see, he's content because he's resting in the power of God and the gospel of Christ. And when you cling to the power of God and the gospel of Christ, you know that the world has no hold over you. And so he boasts all the more gladly of his own weaknesses so that the power of Christ may rest upon him. Why? Because when the power of Christ rests upon you, you have the strength and the ability to withstand everything the world and Satan throws at you. He's content with his weaknesses because Christ is with him. He's content in the insults because he knows that the world cannot throw an insult at you that sticks. And because he knows his Savior was likewise ridiculed and insulted even when he hung on a cross. Hardships, distresses, persecutions, they come to those who stand on the gospel of Jesus Christ because the devil, who's the thorn in the flesh for St. Paul, likes to be the thorn in the flesh for us as well. And he thinks that if these things he throws across our path are hard enough, that somehow we will give up on the faith and forsake our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. And yet, when Christ rests in us, when we are reminded that we are his redeemed children and that we belong to him, the devil has no hold or power. Paul says, when I am weak, then I am strong. How can he be strong when he's weak? Only because Christ is his strength. When I am weak, he is strong. We know that even death could not hold him in the grave. That God the Father raised him on the third day and set him free from death and from the influences and power of sin and of the devil himself in this world. But as his followers, we need to know that we are still I hit the wrong slide. Still going to suffer persecution. Persecution can be simple little things. People hurling insults. People turning their backs. People not wanting anything to do with us because we're a believer in Christ. Or persecution can take a little more serious form. We can lose the ability to, to work because our employer doesn't like our faith. Or perhaps in our workplace, we are forbidden to display any Christian images or symbols or pictures. Persecutions can come even in a higher way as we are 
not allowed to pray in public places. Or perhaps even in some places in the world where we could be put to death because we profess and proclaim Christ. The church is being persecuted around the world in so many different ways. In China, churches are being destroyed and Christians persecuted because the Communist Party sees it as a direct threat to their power. We're not at that point yet in this nation. But don't kid yourself if you say it'll never happen here. It's kind of like the old parable of the frog in the water. The frog's in the water, nice and comfortable, but as you turn up the temperature of that water sitting in a pan on the stove slowly, you can cook the frog, and he doesn't even know it. Such can happen to our freedoms in this nation if we don't open our eyes and pay attention and speak up and become involved. It's important for us to stand for that in which we believe. Our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ and the gospel message that brings to us a hope that passes all of our human understanding and a peace that comes with that hope. We are called to withstand, that is to stand firm in our faith and not to give in to the wiles of the world. St. Paul also in Ephesians reminds us to put on the full armor of God so that we can stand against the devil and everything he tries to do against us. And so in all of this, as Paul says, for when I am weak, then I am strong, we need to remember that all of that, that, that uh, power of Christ that saves us and brings us to faith is that which equips us to withstand the world, also equips us to proclaim the truth. For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God to salvation for everyone who believes. Don't wear your Christian faith in hiding or in fear or in shame. Stand up like the Roman soldier in all of the armor of God, wearing that breastplate of righteousness and the helmet of salvation, having feet shod with the gospel, and carrying the sword of the Spirit of the Word of God. Because you see, not only are we called to withstand the evil in this world that would destroy, but we are also called to proclaim the gospel in our lives in word and in deed so that we can transform the world, transform our nation, and call her back to the solid foundation of God's word. Because you see, the power of the gospel is a transforming power, and St. Paul knows that. St. Paul knows that the gospel changes lives, changes communities, and can even change cultures in the world. We have two choices. To give in and to let our nation ultimately fall and be destroyed by the power of the devil working to do it. 
or to stand up and to stand firm in the faith, to live the faith, to share the faith, to proclaim the faith that we have in Jesus Christ. Those are the choices. We celebrate our nation's birthday today, but I fear. I fear for our nation. How many more birthdays will we have where we can worship in freedom, where we can proclaim the truth without fear of persecution? Not trying to scare you, just trying to inform you and to remind you of our responsibilities to live in the nation that God has gifted to us and to influence that nation and to not sit passively and do nothing. Oh, and that also reminds me. When churches enter into a vacancy, it's often tempting for people to be passive to kind of drift away slowly because no one's standing in the pulpit that you really know. Don't do that. Engaged and be involved more so than ever in this time and this period of vacancy which is coming in just four more weeks. And I'm gonna give you this warning too. I'll be watching. Because I'm not going anywhere. I may be doing it from the back pew like true Lutherans do. But I'll be watching. Be involved. Be engaged in the life of the church, the body of Christ. Because when we're engaged and involved here, it equips us to be engaged and involved in the community and in the world sharing the gospel. It's here that we are empowered, educated, informed, and knit together. It's here that we're equipped to share the gospel and the power of God unto salvation in Jesus Christ in our lives as we live our faith in a world that desperately needs to hear the truth of God's word. In Jesus' name, amen. And now may the peace of God, which passes all of our human understanding, keep your hearts and minds in the true faith of God in Christ Jesus and to life everlasting. Amen.